The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. I want to get to this and I want to put something in your brain. I want you to think about it a little bit. You know, if you're looking 10 years from now, maybe even 20 years from now, when the population of the city of Edmonton is up around a mil- or 2 million, what would you like to see? In the city of Edmonton, what do you think it needs? Maybe another ring road, maybe another bridge. Let me know at 780-496-0063. We do know that growth in Edmonton has slowed uh, because of the struggling economy and the pandemic. But the city, as I mentioned, looking ahead to the day when 2 million people call Edmonton home. While that's likely at least a decade uh, away, they're planning for it. And the city has come up with a document that outlines some future targets uh, for Edmonton, mainly around what developments would look like and how people will get around. Now, this has come about after two years of feedback with stakeholders. Uh, Some of the highlights in this, and it's like 183 uh, page plan. I I started going through it earlier today, and I'm like, it's 183 plans, uh, pages. But some of these highlights include uh, 50% of new net housing units added through infill, 50% of uh, trips made by transit and or uh, active transportation, for example, cycling. I know that's going to uh, not sit well with a lot of you. And nodes and corridors uh, to support 50% of all employment in Edmonton. What does it all mean? Well, we'll figure that out through the next half hour. So during a public hearing on uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, the development industry offered its overall support of the plan, but does has uh, does have uh, some concerns. Mike Cole is the VP and uh, CFO of the Urban Development Institute Edmonton. Mike joins us this afternoon. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. All right. So uh, first off, uh, for my listeners' awareness, uh, tell us about, first off, what Urban Development Institute Edmonton does, what it is, who it represents. Sure. So we're a not-for-profit organization representing the development industry in the Edmonton region. So we do represent uh, all forms of development uh, in in the region, whether it be sort of core infill redevelopment or uh, greenfield redevelopment. Okay. Um, so I'm curious, some of your comments um, and uh, the organization's comments yesterday saying that, quote, there's a lot more information that's going to be needed on some things, including the cost of infill. So overall, when you took a look at this plan or this uh, this paper that was put out uh, yesterday, w- w- what went through your mind? Uh, where do you stand on it? Yeah, and we've, we've been involved with the city through, you know, as you said, uh, this has been a, a long process mm-hmm. a two-year process of engagement and we've been you know shoulder to shoulder with the city uh through the development uh of the city plan uh which which has been which has been superb um now the city plan itself is you know a very high level document it's it's basically yeah. you know the vision for the next 50 years <laughs> and by its nature isn't overly rule-based prescriptive but it does have you know, uh, very um, uh, targets, uh, high-level targets established within it, um, which are important to have. And it's important to to try to stretch ourselves um, on these targets to aspire to something. Um, And really, you know, our feedback came down to um, it's it's great to have um, the aspirational targets, and we we support that. Um, But we need to make sure that 
we have very careful conversations and understand all the you know the tactics and and policies and processes that will follow in, in turning this plan from aspiration into action. You, you have been quoted as saying that the city shouldn't lose sight of market conditions, consumer demand, infrastructure investments. Can you expand on on that? I mean, let's start with market conditions. Boy, oh boy, we've seen things. You know, it's been a roller coaster ride over the past number of years, hasn't it? Yeah, it's uh, absolutely. That's the you know, it's the Alberta the Alberta story of, of boom and bust and. And look, we're 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 in a we're in a difficult market right now, but I think we all believe that in in the robustness of of this province and of this city. Otherwise, we wouldn't choose to to be here and and to live here, and and to invest here. But uh, you know, one of the key competitive advantages we have as a city and and as a region is um, you know key aspects of uh, affordability. Uh, affordability to attract people to want to be here and businesses to want to be here and in choice um, choice in all aspects of housing product whether it's infill um, or greenfield uh, development this push for um, infill so, suggesting that 50% of new net housing units added through infill do you really believe that there is a demand for that well, yeah, it's uh, that's definitely one of the big aspirational targets established in in the city plan. Um, within the the city plan, and you mentioned, you know, it's there's several hundred pages, including technical yeah. studies that to to go through, and so it's a it's a pretty heavy read to be able to pick up, you know, the night before <laughs> a public <laughs> hearing. So we've had lots of time to be able to uh, to go through this. Um, and, and the reality is, within the market studies uh, of the city plan itself, uh, there's assumptions made with respect to consumer preferences as to where they want to live and what build form they, they want to choose to live in. Um, you know, uh, however, based on market or uh, consumer preferences right now uh, and what is expected as we move forward, the reality is um, there's, there's not a foreseeable demand that would meet that infill target. Not to say that it's not going to happen, but it is very, very aspirational. So it's an assumption within the city plan that that target can be made, but it does run contrary to what we see in the infill industry and greenfield industry and the market in general that consumers want. Mike Cole joining me this afternoon. So, again, you know what they say about assumptions, right? I, I, I just sometimes wonder, um, you know, you know, it, it could be, you know, blue skying. It could be this, oh, you know, this this would be, you know, the ideal. ideal. But you can't make people live somewhere where they don't want to live in a, in a housing, in a house that they don't want to live, that they're not attracted to. And I know there's a lot of people out there that say, hey, we need to stop the sprawl. But there's a lot of folks, too, who say, you know what, I want my little piece of land and I want a house that, you know, maybe stretches out a, a little bit more. So I think it's a really fine, it's it's going to be a real fine balance. Absolutely. And, and you know, we, we advocate for choice within both the core and, and Greenfield, uh, choice choice overall. Um, you know, and there's the really critical uh, work is, is ahead of us here. Uh, you know, as we move forward to better understand uh, how do we actually achieve these targets. So you had mentioned, um, the, you know, cost of infrastructure. Right now, infrastructure upgrades in order to meet that um, density intensification within 
the core neighborhoods will will be required but we don't know what that is yet um so first of all we need to find more information to be able to quantify what that cost is and then we have to have a conversation about how do we actually pay for that cost with with growth comes cost whether it's in the greenfield mm-hmm. or in the core so those are all the important conversations that are, that are certainly on the road ahead well, yeah, and again, I mean, if this is uh, if this is a, a two-year, you know, work I- in progress that they've all put together and say, okay, well, this is what maybe what we can work target towards, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years from now, it's not uh, it's not a set in stone thing. When you talk about, um, you know, upgrading those um, mature communities to accommodate density and, and the infrastructure and stuff like that, I mean, y- yeah, when we talk about bucks, we're talking big bucks there, aren't we? Yeah, and and certainly from you know the from a private developer's perspective, um, that's one of the big unknowns in taking on a project like that. Um, you, you you know if you if you want to take on a project like that, you have to make sure the community is on side and that you have zoning policies in place that will support that. And, and then you have to understand what the infrastructure cost is, and and that in itself could prohibit the ability for somebody to actually take mm-hmm. on a project, and therefore your ability to achieve achieve that goal. Um, what about, um, there's been talk about um, some of the land in, in South Edmonton and, and plans for, for that. I know there's some, there were some concerns there. Uh, the Institute has some concerns there. Can you expand on that? Yeah, sure. So this has to do with some of the recently annexed lands uh, just to the south of the city. Um, yeah. And, and, and really, you know, there's, there's some wording within some of the maps in the city plan that label this as, no growth areas. Uh, now, in other parts of the city plan, they, they call it future growth areas. And and generally, the city plan sees growth of the next million people wanting to happen within existing communities um, and then newer developing communities first and foremost before any development of any sort happens in the new annex lands, which could be 50 years out. So from our perspective, um, you know, there there's already existing infrastructure that uh, is in place that would facilitate smart growth from a from an economic efficiency perspective. Um, let alone if there's market opportunities, whether it's commercial, industrial, or residential, in those lands that might make sense for both, uh, you know, the private sector, but also for the city in terms of increasing its overall tax base. Those were our key concerns on that, and and just making sure that we weren't limiting ourselves with any language within the document. Yeah. Mike, before I let you go, just wanted to ask you this. As you said, this is kind of like a, a long-term, uh, you know, plan, you know, as you mentioned, you know, 50 years out. From your perspective, uh, from where you sit with Urban Development Institute to Edmonton, w- what are the priorities here within the next couple of years, five years, the next decade, do you think? Let's not talk decades. Let's talk about decade. Yeah, it's a great question, and it's such a great conversation because we all get to imagine what the city could look like in 50 (laughs) years' time. You know, and 50 years, you know, if we look back 50 years ago, would we have envisioned the city as it is? And and the answer is no. Like it's it's uh, it's a it's a great conversation. I think the immediate immediate things that we need to start looking at are truly understanding what the cost of that infrastructure upgrade requirement would be in order to achieve that infill growth because that is such a big assumption within the plan but we need to understand what is the cost uh, and impact in order to achieve that goal so that body of work is starting 
uh, with the city. Uh, that is absolutely critical to be able for us to, to be able to understand. And then along with that, what are the prioritization of that infrastructure? Because it's not all going to happen at once. So what is the order in which we can actually take this on as a city? Wow, lots to lots to chew on, isn't there, Mike? Uh, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate your time and I appreciate your perspective uh, on this one. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you betcha. That's Mike Cole, who is the vice president and CFO of the Urban Development Institute, Edmonton. So again, this was... Um is something they've been working on for the past uh, couple of years, and it's kind of envisioning what our city, uh, what we want our city to look like when the population reaches two million. And again, that's you know quite a ways off. We're just under what a, m- a million uh, right now. I think that was the the latest number in September of 2019. Yeah, the city census said that we are home to just over 972,000 people. So it's a way off, but it's like you're looking. Okay, how do we want to develop? And what 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 does the city what do we want the city to look like for our kids and our for and for our grandkids? And uh, again, so they talked about you know net new housing units added through infill, about fifty uh, percent of trips made by transit and or active transportation. And again, you know. In my mind on that one, I, I still believe that that's not the way that a majority of people want to live in this city. And certainly when it comes to, to transit, transit routes, LRT, we just don't have that. Uh, we don't have that infrastructure. We don't have it. It doesn't extend to all corners of the city. Uh, that would, that would in my mind, make that feasible. But 50 years from now, what does that look like? Um, a couple of the other things, just, um, you know, uh, they talk about uh, planting 2 million urban trees, attaining zero net greenhouse gas emissions per person. As I mentioned, have half of all trips use public transit or active transportation like biking, scooters, or walking. Again, I think that that is just, um, I mean, that's pie in the sky in my mind. Um, and the city's lead urban strategist, Charity Dyke, says um, the plan also aims to create 15-minute districts, so they say with amenities close enough to homes. So I asked you, what do you want to see? What do you want to see? What would make Edmonton uh, a better place to, to live in 20 years from now, 30 years from now? Uh, we've talked about the possibility of uh, another ring road, a ring road around the ring road. Is is that something that would, you know, blow your skirt up? What about, you know, better back and forth, uh, you know, over the river? Do we need another bridge? Are you a fan of infill? Do you want to see us going up instead of out? Again, people, uh, you know, have different ways of, of living in the, and, and what they like. 